I'm sure going to miss all of you. The trains, not so much. Although I suspect when I hear trains in the future, I will think of you. Funny how sounds work that way. For example, ho, ho, ho. Where does your mind go? At two out of the masses thus far, we had children cry out, Santa! I didn't even have to say his name, and your minds went there. Sounds can function like signposts, pointing to something, someone, an event. This is happening in the story about Babel. It's a historically precise story. Towers were hallmarks of cities in Mesopotamia. The Tower of Babel, the great tower, was in Babylon. The Mesopotamians had invented or created, discovered, the arch, the wheel, the calendar, and the brick, which allowed them to enlarge their building endeavors significantly. They created molds, poured in clay, set the clay in the sun to dry, put the dried clay into kilns to fire, and then pieced them together with bitumen, which is like naturally occurring asphalt. Now, in the original Hebrew, the basic unit of sound, shim, S-H-M, occurs seven times in this story about the Tower of Babel. Now, in the Hebrew Bible, when there's a repetition of three, five, or seven, something of importance is being pointed out. A key theme is indicated. Now, if you just think of the number seven, your mind might go back to the six days of creation and God resting on the seventh day. The first line of the Bible, the first line of the creation account is, in the beginning God created heaven and earth. That basic unit of sound, shim, is used to construct the word heaven. The account of Babel is pointing us back to the story of creation. God created, in the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. And how was earth described? A formless void, chaos. And then what did God begin to do? On the first day, he separated light from darkness. And then the next day, the upper waters from the lower waters. And then the land from the sea then the sun from the moon, then the fish from the birds, then the animals from the human beings. He was ordering things, bringing order out of chaos, and after each day, what did he say? What did he call it? It is good. Good is identified with order. Order is identified with peace, harmony which means that evil 
is identified with disorder, chaos, confusion. Think of the words that we use, transgression, or as we'll say in the Our Father, trespasses. It has the sense of what? Going beyond a boundary, straying into forbidden territory. Heaven and earth were distinct. Earth was a formless void, and God brought order to it, calling it good. The earth and all it contains was not and is not enough for mankind. There was something of the divine, something of heaven in the human spirits. But heaven is not within our grasp. It cannot be attained by our own ingenuity, technology, or power. Satan had tricked Adam and Eve into believing that they could be gods, and the Mesopotamians had fallen for the same trick. They disregarded God's design, his order, and attempted to enter into forbidden territory, which resulted in what they feared and tried to prevent. And did you catch that part of the narrative? Come, they said, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the sky in heaven. And so make a name for ourselves, otherwise we shall be scattered all over the earth. Even before they built the tower, they had a sense of what's coming. Let's not be spread out and weakened, but let's consolidate power. Let's make a name for ourselves. Let's make ourselves famous. Now, it doesn't sound like a democratic process to me, does it to you? It doesn't sound like the us and the we includes everyone, but a select few making decisions for everyone, telling them what they should do and how things are going to be. One of the most penetrating perspectives on the Tower of Babel, at least in my opinion, comes from a 19th century Orthodox rabbi who was living in Tsarist Russia, and he saw communism up close and the terror that it brings. He understood Babel as the world's first totalitarian state, a state that had complete control, total control over everything. You did, you thought, you said. He understood Babel as the first totalitarian regime in which freedom of expression is suppressed in order to preserve the masses into a single unit. Everyone must be the same. The builders of Babel had become like gods and could use men and women however they pleased. They didn't see them as persons with their own integrity and freedom, but as something less, and no doubt labeled them as such as the Nazis did the Jews, the Poles, the Catholics, sub human, inferior, 
useful but expendable, not unlike the way in which our own society has begun to impose its own labels, brown, white, black, L, G, B, T, Q, reducing the scope of a person to just a label, a category. Ignoring God and taking his place, disregarding his designs, results, it ends up resulting in the inverse of man's hopes and dreams. This is captured in a marvelous way in the original Hebrew. For in Hebrew, the word brick and confuse are inverses of one another. Like the word in words in English, tar, T-A-R, and rat, R-A-T, are inverses. In Hebrew, brick and confuse are inverses which are pointing to the reality of what happens when you forget about God, do not use him as a reference point. As Rabbi Sachs said, look what happened. The inverse of what they wanted. They wanted to consolidate, keep everybody together, and everyone was dispersed. They wanted to make a name for themselves, and they did. The name of Babel, universally known as confusion, and their fame was their utter failure to complete what they had planned. Of its own accord, humanity cannot satisfy its desires for the eternal, the transcendent, the heavenly. When it, when we, attempt to create such a world on earth, chaos, Confusion and inhumanity emerge. The person is reduced to a label and a thing. It was only by God's condescension in the incarnation and his sending of the Spirit into our hearts that our hopes for more than what earth can offer could be fulfilled and a truly human worldwide community could develop.